I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. What happens when you've decided I can't be trusted again? I mean, who are you going to turn to next time instead of me? Another angel? Another... Another vampire? Don't you cry no more. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are here to close out season eight. We're here, Chris. We, we have accomplished 23 weeks, 23 episodes, 23 weeks, uh, and we're, we're done with season eight. Now we're going to go and to a different season. I don't know what to do with myself. To a different season. I believe nine, season nine comes after season eight. Every time we get to the end of the season, it feels like it's been a long time, but at the same time, it feels like it just flew by. Um, but I mean, we're two years in, so I don't know when that feeling is going to change. <laughs> yeah, we'll be doing this podcast for the rest of our lives. I think that's the goal yeah, is just so. to keep going. I think so. Um, yeah. as, as usual, we're going to have a feedback episode after after this season finale. So uh, we're going to talk about this episode. We're going to talk about some of our thoughts about this episode. But we usually save our uh, overarching season impressions for that feedback episode. We bring on a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we discuss the season as a whole. And then uh, we'll we'll take a quick break, and then we'll go into uh, listener feedback. Chris, just a heads up: you may want to get a, a big water glass for that episode. We have ten pages of feedback so far. Goodness, I haven't goodness. I haven't edited it yet, so like all of that stuff that could be a little shorter, but ten pages we got to get through. All right, all right. And it's a it's a good combination of fanfic, serious questions, and absolute goofy monstrosities. So I'm pretty excited about that. Sounds about right. Uh, what's your what's your initial thoughts on this episode, Chris? Before we do the admin Man. and we jump into it, I forgot how much I could like Supernatural. Not like <laughs> it was so good. The acting from literally every character from from Jody, from Crowley, from the boys, from Castiel, from Kevin, from Naomi, from Metatron, like every character, every actor crushes it in this episode. They do, and uh, it's a nice episode for. Uh, it, it does a good job of making you feel like anybody could be telling the truth up until the p- point right. where they reveal the the actual villain of the whole series, which I find very fascinating. It's a difficult thing to pull off. You know, that's difficult to manage. Yeah. Um, so we're going to jump into the main episode here in just a second. Uh, but I want to thank all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. They give a couple of bucks a month and they get access to our discord. They get cool uh, episodes early. Uh, just in the month of December, if you signed up at a certain tier, you got a cool present in the mail. Uh, th- by the time of this release, we haven't mailed those out yet, but they can be going out shortly. Um, so yeah, thank you to each and every one of you. This yeah. is usually the part that I say the person who most recently signed up, but, uh, guess who doesn't have that tab open right now and <laughs> kind of forgot about it until he was most of the <laughs> way into this. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to hope it loads quickly and we're going to go with, uh, Jarno. Thank you, Jarno, for, for joining Jarno. up. We, we appreciate that. Uh, Chris, do you want to catch us up on what's been happening in season eight so far? I will do my best. Over the last few months, Sam and Dean Winchester have battled new adversaries unlike any they have ever faced before. Be it vampire boyfriends or abandoned girlfriends, purgatory headshots or fallen sports superstars. The boys have soldiered on time and again in their quest to close the gates of hell. 
Even as the God trials near their end, Sam is still ejaculating hemoglobin, and so it's up to Dean to carry his brother across the finish line one last time. But with Crowley doing his best to stop them, and Castiel forming a plot with Metatron, do Sam and Dane really stand a chance? That's very good, Chris. I like that. Thank you. Your 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 road so far as I've gotten extremely good. Remember when friend of the show Jess used to write them? <laughs> I do, I do. She was she was all over the place. She just liked to put the word "hunk" in randomly. She just didn't know what didn't know what that girl was gonna do. Uh, <clears throat> it would be remiss to talk about a season finale of Supernatural without talking about our carry on my wayward son montage. Uh, can you give me your top three highlights out of this? Do you, can you, do you think my you can pick them up? Top three highlights? I don't know if I really have highlights on this. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm usually I'm usually just kind of along for the ride. A lot of shooting, a lot of uh, double brother bluffs, I feel like, are on display during these. And I'm mm-hmm. always a big fan of those. Uh, a lot of gl- Sam's glowing arms, yeah. I think. Uh, that's that's a cool effect. Yeah, I think, I think I, I usually like the double brother moves that we see in these. All three of my top favorite moments are the moment where they showed uh, the golem from that one golem episode just turning around <laughs> with the fire behind them as Nazis burn. That's, those are my top three moments. That's a good one. That's <laughs> one, a good two, moment. and three. <laughs> That's a good moment. Uh, I like this. It's weird because there's something weird in the sound mixing that they do with this that bugs me. And I, I don't know if this is just me like listening to this as somebody who edits audio yeah, I now couldn't, i couldn't even begin to notice whatever you're gonna say <laughs> no it's just it's just odd like it, you'll see um an action shot right like let's say you do a double brother bluff and then the demon flies across the room and hits a wall like they'll mute out to the wall hitting sound so like you'll hear the punch and you'll see the impact but you don't hear the impact and it's just because oh, it's very weird because they're trying to play the music like they want you to and they're yeah, yeah. like it feels like nobody has figured out like you know how modern trailers like everything is onto the beat like yeah, <laughs> of the, yeah, whatever yeah. song they're using figures it, I, f- I feel like that hadn't been invented yet so <laughs> It's a pretty uh, simple technique. It's a, you would think, yeah. This is very good, though. I like this. It gets me, gets me yeah. kind of hyped up. And then uh, we go into a relatively unusual cold open, which I had no yeah. idea was coming. I had forgotten all about this. It's it's. We see Jody, and she's on a date at a restaurant, and she's on a date with Crowley. She's and on a date with Crowley. Your, she's in a dress. Like She's in a very pretty is, blue dress. She's all dressed up, and you think, oh no, she's on a date with Crowley, but she's having such a good time, and they're falling in love. They are this, holding hands by the end of this. Oh, and she's having she's having sad flashbacks to her past when her, her, her husband and, and son were turned into zombies, and she had to kill them, and it was very traumatic. And Crowley's holding her hand, and he's seeing that pain in her, uh, and, he, and he's showing affection despite it and i know it's all a lie but i believe it in that moment and jody does too and that's why it's so sad it is extremely sad uh i love i love crowley's line of that that profile picture does not do you one bit of justice and you could just tell she's so incredibly charmed like she is here for that kind of that kind of complimenting and I, i really like it uh jody leaves at the at the end of this date and goes into the restroom to uh to freshen up um after she has a little cry with crowley about them both having their losses and um as she's in the restroom, we see Crowley get out his uh, his hex back with his his witch shit kit, as I yeah. like to call it. Yeah. And uh, of course, he's he does some some witchy stuff, and she starts choking in the bathroom. And uh, luckily, yeah. Dean calls. He just calls six 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 on his <laughs> portable telephone, and mm-hmm. Crowley answers. Um, and now, yeah, th- thankfully he called in the nick of time because Dean is saying we want a deal. We are willing to trade you the demon tablet for the angel tablet. Uh, and 
Crowley's like, wait, whoa, why do you get the Angel tablet? Dean says it's because um, Crowley's a douchebag and no douchebag should have that much power. Um, but yeah, they say they will. Dean says they'll, they'll stop the trials and um, they, they will just put an end to all of this. But Crowley has to stop killing people. Meanwhile, the sh- while they're having this conversation, we keep seeing Jody on the bathroom floor choking on her own blood. Yeah, it's it's particularly violent, especially to one of my favorite characters of the series. And uh, the thing that happens here, it actually kind of bugs me. They're gonna like they're gonna wrap this up like because there's some there's some there's some terms and conditions like Dean's like we'll give you the demon tablet we won't do the trials but you have to give us the angel tablet and so that's that's the certain as they're doing all of that stuff we see her writhing on the floor but once they come to those terms it's like okay we never see Crowley cancel the spell and we never and obviously like Jody is going to show up like most people know she shows up on a Wayward Sisters episode a potential spinoff that was happening last year uh, this year has it been this year was it feels like it's been 87 years who knows yeah um (laughs) but it it you never see her like get back up and go like wow that was weird (laughs) or anything like that we don't get any (laughs) oh my god that's only the second time that's ever happened to me (laughs) like it's just it's just we never see we never get any conclusion on that which i find and it's a jam-packed episode so i'm assuming that there's probably a deleted scene somewhere of her like oh shit that's strange are the boys like fighting her and rescuing her they just couldn't i'm sure that that was dean's next phone call was to jody because i think that crowley tips his hand if that's who he's with yeah, because he says a uh, a very attractive but lonely friend of yours, I think is what he says. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I took it for granted. I just assumed she was fine, but who knows? I mean, it, and he is, and she is. Like, she's, yeah. she's definitely going to be fine. It's just really weird that they don't, like, anyway, I'll get off of it. Uh, the next scene is Sam and Dean meeting up with Kevin at the place where he hid the demon tablet, which was yeah. uh, a hole in the ground underneath a billboard that has the devil on it. Which right. is really funny to me. So they're finally able to put the pieces of the tablet back together. They just like magically seal back together again. Yep. Um. And so, yeah, they're going to go make the deal. And they give Kevin the key to the bunker, which is what we were like wondering why they didn't do this before. Uh. But yeah, Dean hands over his fancy key and his like fancy like key holder case that like I totally can't see Dean doing. Like I see yeah. Dean taking that fancy key and putting it on his key rig that he has his car keys on. Oh um, yeah, that's that's going right next to like the the angel symbol from that Led Zeppelin album. Like he's got that on his oh, keychain, yeah. and then he's got the bunker key, and then the key to the Impala, mm-hmm. and the key to uh, Dad's storage shed that's underneath the twenty dogs or yep. whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, he tell, he gives Kevin the keys. Says no keggers. Kevin is like, I don't have any fucking friends, Dean. <laughs> Dude, um, I, have, I have lost everything and everybody I've known in this weird fucking quest that you have taught me on. I yeah. don't want to be here. I'm not going to throw a party. Uh, but it's Kevin tells them they're doing the Kevin, right thing. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. He says they're doing the right thing, and and part of me is just like, I, I mean, I think that we know already that the boys have something up their sleeve they're never just gonna give up that's not their that's not how you start an episode so i don't know if kevin is already in on their plan or whatever but he's him saying this is a good idea i I wonder if that's him just being like yeah i mean honestly if you want to just make this little trade and be done with the whole thing and i can stop being a part of this that would be sick too (laughs) um or if he knows what they're up to and i i don't know but um either way kevin is on their side here um, and then we see uh, Castiel and Metatron, a.k.a. Marv, Marv. Um, and they are sitting on a bench and they are talking about God. Anytime that anybody talks about God and Supernatural, they're sitting on a bench. Let's be yes, real. That's true. And uh, um, Castiel basically just asks, like, what was he like? And Marv says, oh, he was bigger than life. 
he was uh, a little sexist and uh, but extremely fair. He was fair but sexist, which I, yeah. <laughs> whatever Marv. Castiel is like that's you suck. Yeah. Um, and then we're reminded Castiel is basically doing like angel trials mm-hmm. to to seal off heaven so that the angels can have their little power upstairs without humans getting involved. Um, and his second trial that he has to do is steal the bow from Cupid. So. Yeah. That's an interesting little take because the first one is like very serious, like kill a Nephilim or whatever they're called. Um, the child of an angel and a human, which is like, oh, man, that's like cosmic shit. And then like steal Cupid's bow, which is like, I- I'm fine with it. It just seems a little bit cutesy next to that first thing. Well, I think and we're going to find out it's not ex- it's not expressed very directly, but he actually has to cut the bow out of the hand of a Cupid. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not it, we don't really know that now. Uh, we're we're gonna find that out way later, and the way that this is gonna resolve is like you know is is a little less violent than you might imagine. Um, but Metatron has fa- has has found this dude in Houston, Texas, who is going to fall in love for the next twenty four hours. So he knows that he's gonna have a, a a Cupid is gonna be around. Yeah. Um, and then we switch back over to Sam and Dean. This is this has got to be this is Bobby's old place, right? This is Bobby's old house that burned yeah, down. Yeah, that's so they they're all like you know wistful as they uh, get out of the Impala and they're they're in an old uh, you know junkyard. This is where they decided <laughs> to be. Sam just caresses like a broken down a van, van, like this is like an old like, van. like he used to play catch with this van or something. Yeah, yeah, a lot, <laughs> lot of memories with Bobby in this van. Sam, what do you mean? Do that's you remember, not okay. Do you remember the time he took us on a Wendigo hunt in the back of this van and we had to sleep there and. It, Everybody ate beans and it stank. And Dean's like, please don't remind me of these of these bean farts. I'm just tired of you talking about them. <laughs> Do you remember all the times where Bobby had all those upstairs bedrooms but he made us sleep outside of this van for some reason? <laughs> There's so many bedrooms that we weren't allowed in I any of them. I that son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I miss him so much. Uh, but Crowley shows up. And uh, of course, they do like standard operating procedure. Like, you show me mine. I'll show you i never get that expression right i'll show you mine if you show me yours uh yeah. you know both of them have the tablets there and of course crowley they has their, a, the tablets in their huge inner pockets. huge inner pockets you've got you've recently got a new jacket does like does your new jacket have enough space for a demon and or angel tablet maybe a wallet maybe a wallet <laughs> not a demon tablet not, not an a demon tablet. sized uh creation of god yeah uh, and you got to imagine that thing's heavy too, right? Like it would sag on one it's, side. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But I don't see any sagging coming from it's because he's got support. He's got support in there. <laughs> he's uh, oh, his jacket is just laced up on his back where you can't see it. That's where anyway. Uh, Crowley has a contract. He whips out this contract and it's like twenty feet long, of course. And uh, yeah. the boys are like, okay, fine. Dean goes to sign it, and of course that's not cool because Sam is the one doing all the trials, so he has to right. sign it. Right. And uh, they kind of make a show out of this argument of Dean being like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to let you do this. As soon as they start this. bickering, I'm like, yeah. As soon yeah. as they started bickering, I knew. I knew. Some, I should know because something before, was up. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They make they make a big show out of it. Then cut back to Angel Office Depot. Um, and it's being reported to Naomi that Castiel has been found. He's in Texas. And dun, dun, dun. He's with Metatron, who has been off the radar for millennia. And uh, Naomi seems extremely interested in this. And up until now, we haven't really seen like an overlap in the Metatron story and the Angel story as far as Naomi mm-hmm. is concerned. Like she's really just been after the tablet and been after Castiel. Uh, right. Hearing that Metatron is around kind of piques her interest a little bit. 
but because this episode is so fast paced, we're going to go back over to Dean <clears throat> who has decided to read every line of the contract and actually literally move his lips while he's reading, which is a very yeah. adorable thing. I love that. Crowley makes fun of him for you. Crowley, yeah. Crowley well, never forget several times. Never forget in um, seventh grade, I was reading the dark tower in English class and some girl was like, why are you moving your lips when you, when you read? And I was like, why are you watching me read? And I was self-conscious about it forever. Um, so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but I think it's so funny that Dean is reading this, just getting closer and closer to, to Crowley as he like spools this up. And like, I know it's cause he's got a trick up his sleeve, but it's just so funny to see him standing so close to Crowley. Oh, and just like looking down preoccupied and, yeah. with reading it's so good uh and of course it's it's time to sign and this is when our, our boys reveal their plan um dean slaps a set of cuffs on crowley uh which you might think crowley was excited about because of all of his weird sexual innuendo that he's had for the last, mm-hmm. last like eight episodes yeah. um but he goes to just like teleport away and it doesn't work because these aren't normal handcuffs chris these are demonic handcuffs demonic handcuffs <laughs> yeah yeah Pl- Plus four to demon capture. Yeah. Uh, Crowley says some line about like, oh, you know, you, you, you've saddled the wrong bull or something. I don't know what he says. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he punches Dean as if he's like, you know, big, strong Crowley. You're like, oh, shit, the king of hell. But like without his demon powers, like <laughs> we're just reminded that Dean Winchester is like way tougher than this dude. <laughs> it just punches him back way harder. And we never like I, I guess as a fellow man, I see my boys as so soft and, and sad all the time that I forget sometimes that they're like tough badasses because they spend so much time having drama, you know? Oh yeah. And I was yeah. just reminded in this moment, like, Oh fuck, dude's really strong. He, uh, he punches the shit out of Crowley and then takes the angel tablet out of his pocket while he's like recovering from the, from the, from the punch, which is extremely funny. I love that a whole lot. Uh, yeah. They, and they tell Crowley, like, hey, we're going to do the third trial. And guess what? Yeah. You're the third trial. You. You're the demon we're yeah. going to cure. Boom. Uh, we're going to go back over to Castiel and Metatron, who have moved inside the bar and identified this bartender as the person who's going to fall in love. Castiel has said, I have friends of friends that know how to do this. Uh, I'm going to read these personal ads and find a perfect match for him so we can hurry this Cupid thing along and I can get the bow and we can get the fuck out of here. And then proceeds to ask this this bartender guy, like, are you into S&M nurses? Would you like somebody to... to what is it? He said something like to join you on crimes or something. Yeah, <laughs> and this dude is like, sir, this is, t- it is 1030 in the morning. What are you doing? Yeah, It's 1030 on a Tuesday. Like, please. Uh, yeah, buddy, buddy, it's 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Uh, and then, then before much else can happen, the angels show up. They're just, they're here. They found them. Um, and I don't know why in this moment, I just really like this bartender who has like four lines in this whole episode. Um, because he just immediately like busts out with a shotgun, fires at one of the angels, and says, "Take it somewhere else. The next one won't wing you." And then, I think, <laughs> and then, the, and then the angel just like turns around and looks at him, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, guy! Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> this guy came to party. The angel looks around and goes, "Nice pun, dude. That was yeah. good. That was some good bad nice unintentional pun, bro. Good bad. I'm gonna tear your lungs out from the inside now, but." Uh. They, you know, Castillo pulls his angel knife. Uh, very quickly, they realize, like, you know, he's over. He's he's going to be overwhelmed, and all of the angels just just disappear. <laughs> Whoops! They just yeah. leave. I, um, and then it's back to the boys, yep. and they are now chaining up Crowley uh, at this old abandoned church. And I I love this setting. I think this is super cool, super goth, super old school, supernatural. They're in just this old abandoned little chapel, 
Um, and even as, you know, they're chaining Charlie up inside, doing their usual stuff, spraying the, you know, demon devil's traps, whatever. Um, and even as they come outside, we're seeing kind of thunder and, and lightning rolling overhead. And it's really, really setting this mood that we don't get a lot of. I, th- I assume it's like fake sound effects for the thunder and lightning, but it worked for me. I thought it was really cool. I like I like all of this. This church looks like somewhere I could either renew or defile my wedding vows at either one. Like it seems like Absolutely. it's multi-purpose. Absolutely. So I'm kind of I'm kind of yeah. here for that. Um, when Supernatural does do the outside things and Supernatural every once in a while will hint at the, like the weird magic that Sam and Dean do are affecting the universe in very dramatic ways. And this, this thunder and lightning stuff really works for me to, to, to drive that home. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm here for all of this stuff. This, this looks really, really good. Uh, what is next um i think it's this is where sam i think it's sam who says like, i didn't i didn't write it down when i quoted it but he says um honestly for the first time in a long time it feels like we're gonna win yeah. um and we so now we know sam has to give his purified blood to, to crowley on the hour every hour for eight hours um but first dean reminds sam that he has to try to to go to confession and to purify himself um and sam is like i don't even know where to start so dude's like oh uh i got something for you how about ruby how about uh killing lilith and letting lucifer out of his cage how about losing your soul how about not looking for me last year how about uh that time you fucked and killed the whole town how about that time you fucked a werewolf and then killed her how about that time that you nutted blood all over the goddamn bunker by this point sam has turned around and walked back into the the goth church like okay i get it i'm done i'm done i'm done yeah but it doesn't even at first it sounded kind of mean from dean when he's saying all this stuff but then he's like oh and that thing that you did to penny markle in the sixth grade and and sam turns around and says that was you and dean's i don't know what this sounds dark what they're talking about but sam just goes that was you (laughs) the dean just goes oh very well carry on Sam goes into this uh, confessional booth on the inside of the goth church. And Chris, I don't, I'm not like I was, I was raised as a Christian. Um, I very quickly kind of abandoned all sort of religion. <laughs> like as a, at a very young age, I was like, this seems, this doesn't seem, I don't know, man. Like this all seems kind of, kind of weak to me. You're going to have to give me some more evidence. Um, but I always thought that when you have to confess, you were actually confessing to a priest. Like you have to have somebody to hear that. I think idea. Right? I think that's the idea. But I'm guessing in this case that the act of doing it genuinely is is enough to work for this spell. Sure. Uh, or we're just gonna have to believe that it is because that's that's what they're going with. And this is you know this is what I've been talking about for literal years on this podcast now is that just as he is about to begin his confession, it cuts away. Yeah. And I really wanted to hear what he had to say. I mean, th- and they do address some of what I thought he would probably have said kind of, you know, going forward uh, in this episode. Um, and there's still some big emotional moments. So I, I watching it again now, I, I couldn't write it off as much as I have been for so long because I was always disappointed to not see this. Um, but in the end, I think we still get some good stuff. So it's OK. Um, while, while he's doing that and we're not we don't get to see that Castiel shows up outside and says, like, Dean, I need your help. Uh, heaven has Metatron, and he's like, "How the fuck do you know Metatron? <laughs> I've seen yeah. you in weeks. Like, what? Yeah. How, what are you doing?" It's like, "Oh, I'm doing the Angel Trials." Excuse me, did I miss an episode? <laughs> what? What yeah. is happening here? He's like, "What the fuck?" What? Um, and then yeah, so he he kind of he, he tells that Meta, tells him Metatron's been captured by Naomi, and they are trying to shut that shit down. They are trying to lock down Heaven. So I think that idea appeals to Dean suddenly because he's like, "Oh shit, yeah, like." no heaven or hell like 
y'all can't get up in our shit anymore. I'm kind of cool with that. I do have a lot on my plate right now, though, Castiel. Um, but this jam-packed episode does not have time to dwell on that right now because it's back to Angel Office Depot. Well, real, well, I'm sorry, this is the Angel Dentist. Hold, hold on, hold on, real quick, because there's there's an important scene between Sam and Dean here that we have to discuss because this is where uh, Dean talking to Castiel is like, "Hey, I have to stay here. I have to stay here because you know Sam is doing this thing." And if any, oh, I don't, yeah, and I if, had that, I had that happening later. Yeah, if anybody needs a chaperone, Sam, ha- it's going to be Sam. And of course, Sam walks up at this exact time and hears that and is like, "You should go do this." Uh, you know, if yeah. I'm going to go close the gates of hell, if you close the gates of heaven, that's a good day. We should, we, you should go do that. And then Sam eventually just reluctant, excuse me, Dean reluctantly just agrees. And it's like, okay, cool. And then they, and Dean tells him like, "Hey, no matter what happens, you keep injecting." him with your blood even if i don't come back and then jets with castillo yeah yeah um so yeah we get uh i'm a little thrown off now so this is where sam go do you need to take a, a little break well the <laughs> dentist thing happened we skipped the dentist thing did we um yeah um, oh yes we absolutely did i'm sorry yeah that was right after the Okay, so you were right. I'll, I'll, I'm I'm sorry. I was I was I had my notes. I didn't have it messed up. I just skipped a line. There's so much stuff happening in this episode, Chris. Hold on. I think I scrolled too far. For, okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now now we're um we're Marv. I keep I wrote Marv so many times, even though they only said that last episode. Uh, Metatron is now strapped in Naomi's dentist chair. Yep. She wants to know why, and good goddamn. Has he decided to show his face after so long? Because Metatron's been hiding, like basically since God disappeared. Um, and why would he reveal himself now? And why would he be with Castiel? What tarnation is going on? And uh, he doesn't say anything. We go back, and this is where we have the chaperone conversation with Sam. Yeah. So that that was on me. Castiel on has a has an interesting line here because he says that he is the only one who can save heaven. Again, and all Cass. I could think was, uh, yeah, again, Cass. But then I was like, okay, Sam, because that's the exact kind of attitude that always got Sam into trouble, like thinking that he's the only one who can stop Lucifer or stop the apocalypse or whatever. And whenever somebody thinks that, when they think that they are the only one who can save the world in this show, they are never the only one who can save the world. It's always Dean. <laughs> whenever, well, <laughs> whenever someone thinks that they can save, they're the only one who can save the world. It's always actually Dean who's going to also save it. <laughs> whatever they're doing that they think they're saving the world is going to plunge it into darkness. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, almost like a like a, a re- recurring theme that one one of these heroes decides that it's all on them. Something bad's going to happen, and that they can't trust their their brothers or lovers. Then what happens? That it's it's mm-hmm. all going to go downhill. It's all going to go downhill real fast. Real fast. Um. So we go into the church where Sam is uh, doing the first injection. Crowley is just kind of smirking and mocking him the entire time. Sam's arms are lighting up pretty much constantly now. He's yeah. got the yeah. he's got, you know, um. I was going to make an X Men reference, but you don't give a shit. So let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. I think this is where Dean and Castiel take the angel tablet to Kevin, who is basically like, yo, it took me six months to translate half of a demon tablet. And you want an angel, a whole angel tablet translated in six hours. Like I'm just going to pour myself a drink and just be out of the situation. This, I don't want to have anything to do with this. But, uh, Castiel is not happy about that. And it's interesting that we, we see, I think this is the first time we're really seeing Kevin drink as far as I can remember. And as he's raising this, this glass, Castiel grabs him and the glass is dropped and it shatters and it's just like, whoa, holy shit. Castiel is not fucking around right now. 
and he kind of intimidates Kevin is like, you know, there is no out in this, in this life. You know, you're going to do this. This is what you were for up until you will always be a prophet up until you pass away. And then it's going to go to someone else. And Kevin's like, all right, dude. Okay. Okay. You got me. Just, just even Dean is like, whoa, dude. All right. <laughs> yeah. Dean is a little, is a little stressed out about this, but it works. He starts working on the tablet. We go back over to Sam who is injecting Crowley again, but this time, Crowley is a little sneaky. He he takes a fucking chunk out of Sam's arm. Big old meaty bite out of big kicks over here. Um, I love that Sam's I, reaction I, is is like really Crowley biting. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck, Because <laughs> he's not he's not thinking. He doesn't have his head on. He's not thinking. Oh, you're up to something. There's a reason that you did that, not just out of retaliation. Um, because obviously Sam is just like, dude, what the fuck? And he he leaves the room to go clean up. Bad idea. Just clean up in the room. Um, but then we see, you know, he's not, he's got no cell phone service. He's got no demon cell phone plan down here. So Crowley does the, the true cellular device for demons. And that's a, a cup of blood in the palm of his hand. He spits out Sam's blood into his hand and puts out an SOS to all demons saying, if you can hear me, I am your king. Come and save me. This is extremely cool. Yeah. I, uh, this is, this is very clever. We haven't seen we we've seen blood magic be used like this before. I really like seeing blood magic being used with with the demons or witches or whatever. I, I think and this, I think this is a really really clever uh, application of our good old friend the the blood goblet phone. Uh, this is just a, like a, a, a portable version of that, and I kind of feel like only the king of hell would be able to pull this off, or, or only someone yeah. as knowledgeable as as Crowley would be able to pull this off. I really I really like the handful of blood call. Like this is really good. Yeah, I was also just thinking like, oh, it's weird that like one person shows up and nobody else ever comes after that. But I could kind of see why that would be the case because not only can he not keep the bat signal on for very long, but it's just a little it's just a little cup so i could totally see why like it's not a whole like slit throat person calling down to hell uh you know dial and collect whatever this is just a little a little bit of blood and that message is only getting out to certain people yeah just so happens that only one very powerful certain person was able to hear it so we go back over to dina castiel who are at the bar uh back in houston uh trying to find this bartender dude some love um and dean and castiel have this conversation and dean says like you know have you really thought this this whole angel, this whole heaven thing through? Because if you go up there and you close the doors, you're going to have to close them behind you. And, you know, you're going to be trapped up with there with all of those people that kind of want to kill you. <laughs> and Castiel's just yeah, like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, they uh, that's there's also I don't know how much we really see of this, but like you got to think that Dean grappling with the idea of like, oh, Cass, if you do this, like goodbye forever. Yes, presumably. That's, that's certainly how it seems. <laughs> and they get one more pop culture reference in there, which is Dean saying, so this is it. E.T. goes home and Castiel just looking fucking flummoxed. Like, who the fuck is E.T.? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. This is when the delivery person shows up. Oh, yeah. Okay. So delivery. Per- I, I, I was just thinking about the, the, the drinking on the job line. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> where Castiel is like, because he sees Dean drinking at the bar and he's like, you think it's wise to drink on the job? And Dean is like, what show you've been watching? Like, <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> like, we drink in every episode. Even when Sam's got God flu, he's still trying to catch a beer that I'm hurling at him. Yeah, it's, it's, look, it's hard to be, stay this drunk. Like, you really have to work yeah. at it constantly. Um, um, so, yeah, now a, a woman comes in, a delivery woman. Mm-hmm. She walks into the bar, and they assume that this has got to be 
the person that the bartender is going to fall in love with. Um, Cupid is going to strike now. But seemingly nothing happens. She, she walks over. She talks to the bartender. She talks to the, the barfly sitting on the seat there. She touches them both on the shoulder and then is like, all right, guys, catch you later. And then she leaves. Uh, and then it's very quickly revealed. Oh, shit. That was actually Cupid. And those two men just fell in love. Um, they are looking at something on on the TV, and they both say like, "Oh, wow, that's really neat." At the same time, and then you could tell it's just instant love from Magic. there on out. Fireworks. Uh, um, and then it's back at the church, and goddamn, if Sam does not look like shit, he dude, it looks, he looks <laughs> pale and strung. He looks like like Jared Padalecki legit had the flu to film this. Like, he does <laughs> he not looks look like he went out and got himself addicted to heroin, and then this was yeah. the first day that he was clean on set. <laughs> Like, yeah. that's how he look he looks bad Christ. he looks so it's like fucking when you bad. watch when you watch haunting of hill house this is not to like make light of like anybody who's an actual addict but like we, there's a there's a person who's like strung out from heroin all the time on that show and you like see the makeup and the way that they like do the effects for that that is legit how sam look like, looks here he looks real bad um yeah. but he's still doing the the trials or the the yeah the blood blood injections Mm-hmm. Crowley is just there. He's just singing. He's having a, a grand old time. Singing some David Bowie changes because you know when, when Sam's going suddenly, through a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they both are. Turns out uh, when suddenly the church begins to like shake and rattle, and the the floor splits open, and the devil's trap is broken, and you're just waiting. You don't know what's going to happen, and then bam, Abaddon kicks in the door, and. First of all, Crowley is very happy to see her because he's like, yeah, why get anybody else when you could get a knight of hell to come to your rescue? Which like, Crowley, why are you excited? Like, y'all have never been on like good terms with each other. (laughs) Um, Sam goes for his gun and Abaddon just fucking tosses big kicks right out the big window. Out out the Uh, fucking stained glass, dude. Just straight through the stained glass. Darks out onto the lawn. Forget about it, Sam. Um, However... Sam's now dead. He's in critical condition. Um, <laughs> Sam needs healing. Sam needs sick. He was. Sam yeah. needs healing. <laughs> he's hurt. Um, <laughs> he's just like Crowley. Call an ambulance. <laughs> use your use that blood in your mouth and call me a goddamn Uber to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I've already given a lot of blood, and I just lost a lot more with all those glass shards. Anyway. Abaddon is not here to save Crowley. Crowley this um, third trial sucks. I don't want to Crowley, do it anymore. Yo, Crowley, I'll stop if you will. <laughs> Crowley, call that one. <laughs> Abaddon, <laughs> Abaddon, tell Crowley I need help. <laughs> Why aren't you guys saying anything? Tell him I won't. I won't. I won't give him any more of my blood if that's what you want. <laughs> I'm really hurt. <laughs> I can't even not blood right now. Um, so yeah, Abaddon's not here to save Crowley. And then we cut back to well, she, Dean and she Castiel. Kinda, she kind of like punches him a little bit, right? And basically, oh is yeah, like, she gives it to him. She gives him the once over. She's like, "Who the fuck made you king? This is ridiculous." Yeah, uh, I'll, I would I just want to comment too that uh, when Abaddon walks in, she's wearing that uh, "The Devil Made Me Do It" shirt and, and with her like cool yeah. leather jacket. Her hair is up, uh, and she has. But now she is sporting the the Frankenstein neck because she had to sew her oh, yeah. head back yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really excellent and subtle touch to love, this whole yeah. thing. And I want to, I want to make Abaddon in Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just saying, it's weird to say her character design because she's a person, but like her costume and her makeup and everything, it, lo- it looks really cool. She's she's very like I believe she's a knight of hell. I don't know why. Yeah. Um. But uh, 
yeah, so now now we cut back to Cass mm-hmm. confronting Cupid, who was the delivery woman. He he's got his angel blade drawn. He's ready to just like s- steal that fucking bow and, and kill. And Dean is like, "Whoa, buddy! If I gotta tell you to relax, you got a problem." And I'm telling you to relax. Talk uh, first. Like, well, stab just- later is one of my favorite. Yeah, can we? Can we just talk to her? Um, we get that brief scene, and then it's very quickly back to Abaddon beating the shit out of Crowley. Sam is dead. He has died. Yes, that is it. He's bled out on the lawn. No, um, Crowley tells abaddon sam's plan um and she is like yeah okay that's weird i don't know if she's like playing with the idea of saving crowley here or like you know postponing his death because she says they're going to talk about a regime change and i remember that because it was in the previews for every episode in season nine um she says they're going to talk about a regime change here um and then suddenly sam jumps back in none of his bones are broken miraculously there's no glass in his flannel he's looking good i mean he still looks like he has the flu um but he blasts her with what i assume is holy oil what they used against the archangels that's, that's what i thought and too. lights yeah. her up mm-hmm. i think uh, uh he Abaddon, says, love the suit is that what he says he says love the suit which i assume he means the meat suit yeah. uh and then burns the meat yeah, suit yeah. off of her basically uh, I think Abaddon like had that conversation with Crowley, by the way, to step back just a couple minutes, uh, because she realizes she doesn't need to save Crowley to stop Sam. I think her whole plan was to stop Sam and then to take Crowley as prisoner and then to become the queen of hell. Uh, whether or not, right, you know, right, whether right. that that plays out or whatever, because right now she just ghosts out of her meat suit, that which is on fucking fire. <laughs> she just leaves yeah. and we yeah. don't see her for the rest yeah. of the episode. <laughs> so she's gone, everybody. Yeah. Bye. See you next season. Um, and then very quickly cut back to Cupid willingly handing over her bow to Castiel. And it appears not as like a physical bow, but as a little like tattoo on the palm of her hand, which is an interesting kind of cool idea. Yeah, because if she actually has to, if the Cupids have to touch uh, I like the metaphor, like if you don't have to touch it with the bow or whatever. Yeah. Um, I do also like the the Cupid tells Castiel and Dean, like uh, I, she doesn't get orders, you know, on timely anymore. It's all chaos. She's been afraid to go back to heaven for a long time. And, and then she asks Castiel if he can save them, if he can fix that. And he says, with time, I, I believe mm-hmm. I can. And that's she, her belief in that is what, uh, you know, prompts her to give up her, her Cupid's bow. Yeah. And then can we, we see more Metatron. Can we, can we just take a quick aside for a few minutes, Chris? Mm-hmm. Do you think God is fucking around with these trials? <laughs> like, is it a dartboard situation? <laughs> like, because the whole idea is that God wrote, like, told Metatron, write all this down, and these are how you're going to move the, the the levers of the universe. And when I'm gone, like, think about all of the stuff that you ha- we've had to do so far. Like, kill a hellhound. Um, what was the second one for Sam? I've already forgotten. Uh, I've also already forgotten. <laughs> We're really good <laughs> podcasters, Chris. But you know, yeah, kill a uh, nephilim, get Cupid's bow. It feels like a like a bad church uh, scavenger hunt that you would go through in the eighth grade or something. Like, what the fuck is up with this god? Yeah. What the hell was the second trial? What the hell was the second trial? <laughs> what is wrong with us? He had to do a spell and do something. I don't remember what the fuck it was though. Did he have to? He wasn't killing something, was it? No. Jesus. I'm looking it up. Jesus this really Christ! This is out. sad. This is. Oh, he had to save Bobby from hell. Oh, that's to save the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what it is. Woo! Professional Just podcasters here, everybody. Thing. Yeah, here we go. We're doing it. We're yeah. doing it. Um, well, you already saw me. I, it was like I was hit by a tornado when you skipped over one line in my notes. I was suddenly <laughs> cast out to sea without without a, a boat to sail. I don't know. Um, okay, so. Now we see Metatron. He's still tied up. 
And he talks about what it was like to be made. He's talking to Naomi and he's talking Bleeding about what from it was like eye, to be made. Which I think is pretty dope. True. Yeah. It's a, it's a very stark effect because mm-hmm. the room is so white and he has such a, um, he, he looks like a, like a character actor. You know, he's um, like an older guy uh, and he looks almost very like plain, but he has this just bloody eye and the streak down his face, which is interesting. Um, and it's an evocative image. And uh, but yeah, he starts to tell Naomi about how he was made the scribe of God, how he was taken for being just a, a plain nobody and, and given this really important job and how then when God was gone, just this tremendous pain that he was left with. But he they were all left with this this paradise with heaven and and with the world that that god created i think that metatron by what he says here really believed in this original vision or his interpretation of the original vision of of what god wanted but naomi and the archangels they ruined everything and because of that because you know they started warring trying to take control of themselves trying to kick off the apocalypse and that kind of pushed metatron out and this is where he i don't know if this is really where i want to say he did his, does his heel turn because we haven't known a whole lot about him to know if he's good or bad but i think we kind of see him as unassuming right yes unplugged unassuming and, and kind of not doesn't have a horse in this race really <clears throat> on the he outskirts seems kind of scattered like you know he's somebody who will show up every four episodes to deliver some meta plot we don't we don't really know what's going on with him but then <laughs> metatron he says, is here to give you the meta yeah. plot <laughs> That's exactly what he's here for. <laughs> then he says, "Also, I will use the really- metaphor." <laughs> yeah, metaphors, metaplot, metatron, the three M's. The Naomi, three M's. do you have any metamucil? I have a bad stomach right oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> he's just laughing to himself. <laughs> 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 trying to think of any other words that start with meta i can't i can't come up with it metacarpals is that a real thing <laughs> yeah sure okay Those fingers or toes or something mm-hmm. <sighs> okay uh yeah he's saying what does he say he he's, it's actually very serious here. you he says you ran me from my home referring to archangels yeah, and naomi it, d- um basically because did the, you the, really think that you could do all that to me and there would be no payback and that's the moment that I think you've realized, like, all of this has been a plan. Uh, you know, he is, he's, it seems like he has maybe stoked some of these fires from afar so that he could get back into heaven without maybe people realizing what was happening until it was too late. Yeah. And he specifically yeah. tells her that he's there for, for payback. Uh, and Naomi sees this and just fucking jets. He's, she's just gone. She's like, I gotta go. See ya. <laughs> yeah. She's starting to understand, like, something's going on here. Like, we we've misinterpreted something and I need to go check on this. Uh, but um, while she right, jets, to... he, he notices that she left the drill. Um, oh yeah. And, yeah. and then we're going to go back up to uh, Sam who is rechaining Crowley in the chair and repainting the, the devil's trap and uh, giving him some, some more injections. And uh, Crowley goes through this whole process of describing what, him and moose mean to one another and he starts out with band of brothers then he goes to uh i wanted to say pacific rim right here but that doesn't work i can't remember the other world war ii show that was on hbo uh but he finally gets to go ahead was it girls that he he, starts talking about he gets to the show girls and says you know i'm the hannah and you're the marnie and sometimes hannah just needs to be loved sam sometimes (laughs) hannah just needs to be loved i deserve to be loved i deserve to be loved which is crazy talk 
Yeah, this yeah, is. Yeah, he's so we we think that it's just Crowley, like Crowley bants, like Crowley's just being silly and like not silly. You know, you know, he's he's working his tongue, like oh Moose, like we just went through all this shit together, like we fought Abaddon off, like aren't we bros now? We're in the foxhole together, and like he's he's even talking fast and saying all these things and making all these references and saying you know sometimes I just need to be loved. Um, I deserve to be loved, and he starts screaming it, and to a point where like he's almost like he's manic, and he's he's just. He's a little crazy. And then he, he screams it and then he stops. And Sam looks at him very confused, like, what is happening? And Crowley gives him a look back that is like the exact same thing. Super so confused. Good. He has no idea what that outburst just was. Mark Shepard sells this in a way. Mark Shepard is, so is good, probably dude. the VIP on this episode out of a Absolutely. whole host of fantastic performances. He, he really kills it right now. Um, a, a little bit later, Sam is going to come up to him with another injection, and Crowley says, "Hey, I want to, I want to ask you a favor." He starts yeah. referring to oh, him as, as Sam instead of. Uh, That's so weird when he starts saying Sam. I, I wrote down the quote. He says, "Would it be possible, Moose?" And then it's like a pause. It's like a pause between all of these things because there's a lot of gravity to what he's saying. He says, "I'd like to ask you a favor, Sam." Earlier, when you were confessing back there, what did you say? I only ask because, given my history. Raises the question, where do I even start to look for forgiveness? And it's this really weird, almost quiet moment, but he's like, he's crushing it. It doesn't feel corny. It doesn't feel like hammy or anything like that. He's just saying all this stuff to Sam. And you can tell Sam is like, he's hearing it. He's hearing what Crowley is saying. And he says, how about we start with this? And then he injects him with another uh, shot of blood. And this time Crowley willingly offers up his neck for the injection. So we, we know that this is working. Uh, you know, we've seen this yeah. in the past where, you know, the, the demon will inhabit the, the body of the human, but basically become human or at least have a little bit amount of guilt for all of their demonic activities. And we start seeing this with Crowley. And I was I was kind of shook by this, Chris. Like this is to break a king of hell, to break, you know, someone mm-hmm. with with the depths of depravity that Crowley can do. And then to have that like turned around and to, for Crowley to be asking, where do I start? to even look for forgiveness is is a powerful thing. And again, Mark Shepard fucking kills this. Like, it gives you fucking chills when you watch this. Yeah. Um, and it just goes from, from one heavy-hitting scene to another where we see Dean, and he is on the phone with Kevin talking about, you know, if he's made any progress, when Naomi suddenly shows up. And this is where I think this actress, I, whose name I don't even know, which is a shame, uh, I think that she really kills it in this scene very subtly. Amanda she, Tapping, she shows up and by the she, way. Okay, Amanda Tapping. She tells Castiel and Dean that Metatron has been lying. Um, she has been in his head and she knows what he is up to. Uh, and for me as a viewer, I was like, wow, I think that Naomi is telling the truth. Like 100%. She is now coming to Castiel and Dean for help. Almost, I don't want to say that she's going to repent because she's been like, you know, pretty mischievous this whole time. I don't think she's exactly a good guy, but she now knows. She knows like something is wrong and she has to actually try to stop Metatron and save heaven. Um, but it's, it's too late. She has lied too much and Castiel does not believe her. Meanwhile, well, real quick, Kevin is still on the phone overhearing all this. Yeah, I just I just want to talk about some of the stuff. That, I, I, I thought you were zooming ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. uh, I want to uh, just some of the stuff that Naomi says right here, I think, is really interesting because she says, you know, I've I, I, I told you that I would I would support you, that I would never lie to you. And I never have. And then offers like Castiel, like, I will bring you back in. 
you know, I will, I will bring you back to heaven and you can be safe, but you have to trust, you have to stop this. And yeah, meanwhile, Kevin is like, hey, uh, I don't see anything about Nephilim or Cupid's bows on any of these angel tablets. Like, none of that's there. And Kevin is listening through Dean's phone at all of this, and he's like, I think she might be telling the truth. I don't know. I can't confirm. Which is yeah. pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, because she's almost been like a pseudo-villain for the second half of this season. You know, well, she's an antagonist because she's, she's messing with their boy Cass. But now it's just sort of like, I don't know how, I mean, she's done some really bad things, but as far as like the overarching, like what is good and what is bad, like has Naomi ever really been bad? Well, I mean, we she, like, it's like, yes, yes, is the short yeah, answer she, to that she, question. <laughs> I, yeah, that's why like, I'm not phrasing that, that question the way that I mean to. Like, of course she has. Um, we just don't know what the, the true villainy is here, I think. It's um the the thing that I find interesting is she she asks Cass, she she tells Castiel and Dean uh, our our purpose was originally supposed to protect God's creation. I don't know how we've gone so wrong from there, and mm-hmm. I think that that's the moment where she realizes that the means that she was going through to justify all of the ends, which is protecting the angels. Like she did everything that she did to Castiel in order to try to get the angel tablet, including you know brainwashing him to kill Dean hundreds of hundreds of times, mm-hmm. wiping out his memory and all of those things, which to her was protecting her kind, was to protect heaven, which was more important than any single mortal. And I think this is the moment where she's realizing, oh shit, no, it's not. <laughs> like if, I can, if I'm willing yeah. to sacrifice yeah. this one mortal, if I'm willing to do these horrible things, then I don't deserve to be in this heaven. I don't even deserve to protect it. And I think that's something that's super interesting. And um, once again, great performance by the actress because she just comes out and she's really embracing the kind of gray area between those those two those two sides and realizing like, oh, yeah. and then she tells she tells Dean, which is kind of the most important takeaway from this, like, hey, I I'm just going to be real honest with you. If you you know Metatron lied to you as well, if Sam completes those trials, he will die. It's the ultimate sacrifice. That's how God originally intended this. And of course, yeah. that's probably um, where we get the the name of the episode from. So and. She also in here, she's she's begging Castiel to stop. She has like tears in her eyes. She's saying, you know, if if Metatron and Castiel do this, it's not going to lock up heaven and force all the angels up there. It's going to cast them out the same way that Lucifer was cast out. Uh, And I think that that callback to the fallen angel is um, evocative here. And it's sort of really bringing everything into focus. she says that you know she's begging Castiel to stop. She says she will truly listen to him, um, but we don't really know. We don't really know. Dean wants Kevin to confirm if Naomi's lying, and Dean also really wants Castiel to take him to Sam because now that he's heard that Sam is going to die. So yeah, Dean gets taken over to uh, Castiel. Takes Dean over to Sam. Um, Castiel immediately just jets right after uh, back to heaven. Um, yeah, Sam's doing like the final part of the spell, like the brief instance that we see him. He, he's cutting open his hand to like put it over Crowley's mouth and, and do that last part of it. Uh, these but these we, special effects see. shouldn't be as good as they are. Like we haven't really talked yeah. about light arms, <laughs> Sam Winchester now. But, uh, <laughs> I think it looks kind of cool. It looks kind of cool. And when he cuts his hand, it almost looks like light and blood <clears throat> are, are yeah coming out at the same time, which sure. is a really mm-hmm. interesting. I just like the fact that some of these spells, some of the spell work that they do is makes that has such a physical change on them and can you know it's expressed so clearly like sam is so fucked up he's got magic arms now like all this stuff um 
Dean Bustin tries to stop him. We cut over to Castiel, who has found Naomi, who is dead on her desk with the uh, drill embedded in her skull. And of course, Marv appears behind him with an angel knife and says, yeah, you should have listened to her. She was, she was totally right. Uh, this, this, the action kind of just heats up from this point, Chris. Like, it goes pretty quick. It goes pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this where we get back to, uh, we get back to, to Dean and Sam? Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know we get a Sammy stop from Dean, and whenever Dean busts out the Sammy, that's, you know, he's, he's getting at me. Um, but yeah, now <laughs> it's, we, it's we have no, Sam. It's no drop the weapon soldier from that one episode where Sam's right. going crazy, but, you yeah. know, it, it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam is is glowing. His arms are glowing. He's kind of freaking out. Um, Dean tells Sam, like, if you do this, you're going to die. So you, you have to stop. If you do this, you're going to die. And Sam just looks around like. Literally, he just says, so like, of, like, of course, like, it seems like it, at that moment for Sam, it was evident, like. Of course, like, of course, he's going to die if he does this. But but why would why would that even matter if he's going to shut down hell? Like, it's OK if he dies. And Dean says, like, look, man, think about all of the stuff we've learned. We can take down hellhounds. We can convert demons like we have the tools. We have the arsenal to be able to change the tide of this war without you having to die. And I can't fight this war alone. I can't fight it without you. And and mm-hmm. that triggers something in Sam because he says, yeah. You know, you, you could you, you can't do this without me. You could barely do this with me. You constantly have to go right. to other people for support. Did you write down this whole thing? I'm, I'm assuming that I wrote you down did. the whole thing. Good, good, good. I wrote good. down the whole thing. I'm going to uh, um, I'm going to cue that, that one that happens... sad supernatural song and we're going to get into it. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So the, well, the only thing that happens before that is actually we see Cass tied up by Metatron. Oh, yeah. Um, let's get, let's get that. Know, past. Na- yeah. Sorry. Cast popped to heaven. Naomi is killed and and cast is now like restrained by metatron metatron cuts open castiel's neck and steals his grace um i think we maybe talked about like how was that possible like how can this happen um but i think they they, it's because they weren't doing trials trials they were working a spell yes um Mm -hmm. and and the grace is now the last piece the last component of the spell he basically just made castiel human again presumably because he's removed his grace and that's really the only difference and then he he says something like you know go and get married make babies live a long life come back to me when you've died and tell me your story um and it's this very gentle kind of comment that comes off as very sinister when you realize like what he just did and he ejects castiel out of heaven back to earth now we yeah now we see sam he says they're so close to doing this but dean is trying to convince him to stop saying you know like what you said you know we've, we've done all this other stuff um and and Sam says other people will die if I don't finish this, especially coming off the heels of Jody almost dying earlier and people dying in the last episode. Um, Dean says, think about what we know. We have enough knowledge to turn the tide, but I can't do it without you. You can barely do it with me, Sam says. I mean, you think I screw everything up? I try. You think I need a chaperone, remember? And this is where everything starts getting super emotional. And Dean says, come on, man, that's not what I meant. And I, I like the little, even the little side comments like that in between, because it just makes the conversation seem more real. Uh, and this is Sam's kind of big emotional push. And he says, no, that is exactly what you went, meant. Uh, you want to know what I confessed in there, what my greatest sin was? It was how many times I let you down. And Jared's voice starts to crack when he does this. And it's really, really great. 
He says, I can't do that again. What happens when you decide that I can't be trusted again? Who are you going to turn to next time instead of me? Another angel? Another vampire? And when he says vampire, his voice breaks a second time. He says, do you have any idea what it feels like to watch your brother? And Dean cuts him off here. And he says, hold on. You seriously think that? Because none of it, none of it is true. Listen, man, I know we've had our disagreements and I've had some and I've said some junk that set you back on your heels. But Sam, come on. I killed Benny to save you. I'm willing to let the bastards. uh, I'm willing to let this bastard and all the sons of bitches that killed mom walk because of you. So don't you dare think that there is anything past or present that I would put in front of you. It has never been like that ever. I need you to see that. I am begging you. And Sam is just standing there. These, they're both Jared and Jensen are giving it their all. There's tears in their eyes, and it seems like a really serious conversation. They're, it's just, they're, they're killing it, and the boys haven't had a moment this serious in a long time. Um, and and Sam is standing there, and he is glowing, and he is bleeding, and finally he says, um, "How do I stop?" And then he's he he says, "I you know I I can't. It, it's in me, Dean." Um, and, and Dean just grabs him and he says, we'll figure it out like that. We always do. Let it go, brother, he says. And, and he hugs him and the glowing stops. But then Sam collapses. Um, and now it's sort of like they have to make him an escape because everything is rattling and something finally, suddenly is happening. And Dean gets Sam outside of the goth church next to the Impala. He starts calling for Castiel. Castiel is in the woods somewhere. We don't really know where. Mm-hmm. Um, he he kind of wakes up. Um, he, he's he's looking at the sky because something is happening to the sky. Uh, Kevin is about to leave the bunker. You can tell he's got his shit packed. He's ready to go. He's got his bindle strapped. But as he's about to leave, all of the machines in the bunker start kind of making noises and start and you know alarms start sounding buttons start flashing red there's a giant map and red dots appear all there's a map of the world and red dots start appearing all over it uh all of these machines are going nuts and separately all of them like look at the sky and we start seeing these these beams of light coming out of the clouds and crashing towards earth we see this angel which i think is like the first time that we've really seen angel wings that aren't like silhouetted or mm-hmm. anything like this but we see this angel being like falling from heaven to earth and crashing with a huge explosion of water uh so you had yeah. just have to imagine the damage this is going to cause um it just and they and it, you look up and you see hundreds if not thousands of these happening uh yeah. and i think that's what i think that's the last the last spoken dialogue of this. Yeah, that's is, is Dean yeah. saying is because Sam's like, "What is that?" And Dean says, "Angels, they're falling." And then cut to black, and that's the end yeah. of season eight. Like, holy shit! That is one hell of an ending. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> this whole, like this whole thing, boy. just it all happens so fast, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like bullshit. It doesn't feel like oh, we just you know pulled a rabbit out of the hat suddenly and here you go. It's like you know a little bit. It's almost like this only really has started to happen in the last two or three episodes, but something about it works. These, these machinations that you realize have been in play for a while and all these forces coming together at the same time. I've always disliked some of the angel politics, but they really make it pay off here. And this really interesting image of these angels falling from heaven, like, like shooting stars almost. And the boys like, 
Sam collapsed next to the Impala and, and Dean kind of holding him up and then looking up at the sky and seeing all these angels falling. It's a it's a great image to end the season on. Not to mention that we just saw Castiel like lying on his back in the woods. And just something about that image, of course, you know that he lost his grace, but he peer, appears so human there and so fragile that it's just like, oh, shit, they all just broke. <laughs> Everything just broke. Uh, do you remember watching this as, as live? Like, were you watching this series uh, yeah. live back then? I remember yeah. I remember watching this and going like, what in the fuck are they going to do in season nine? <laughs> like, how are they going to follow this up? Like, there's angels just everywhere. They've, they're exploding on the earth. Like, are they okay? <laughs> do they still have their angel power? <laughs> do they still have wings? Is yeah. Castiel okay? Is he going to die somehow because he's human now? Uh, it, it just, it seemed like it opened up the potential for possibility in the story in a way that... Uh, you know, season seven kind of had this, uh, season six less so, but I feel like season, I feel like this really just kind of blows up this world in, in a way that's really satisfying and interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I, this was the last finale that I got to see without it being spoiled because I watched it live. Uh, season nine, I had spoiled, uh, season 10, I think I had spoiled if I finished it. It's, it starts to get a little bit foggy around there. Um, but, but yeah, this is uh I was I was really shocked when this happened and I thought it was really cool and I, I could not believe what was going on on the heels of this huge emotional moment from from the brothers where it's one of those very imperfect things, that conversation where where Dean is saying, like, you know, I, I know I've said some shit that's fucked you up, but like at the end of the day, all of our bullshit set aside, like you gotta know that I'm going to bat for you all the time and like you're my brother and I care about you. Um and I I like that they almost like they both sort of address their bullshit and how much they both have fucked up and how much they've been bad to each other. But just kind of like with family or with anybody that you you care about at that level. You just sort of brush it aside when when you say like, you know, we have each other's back, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say here? It's it's yeah, absolutely. They're able to brush aside some of their bullshit in, in, in without having to air out all their dirty laundry necessarily. And it's a powerful moment. Yeah, if you have if you have siblings on your own, and I think um, especially if both of you are adults and you've lived for quite some time, you'll you'll get into situations with your family where it's just sometimes it's just not worth. Like you, you may think that you may have an argument, uh, you may think you're right, they may think they're right, and then that argument drives a, a wedge in between you to a point where you don't want to talk to each other anymore. But then something happens, like all of a sudden they're in trouble, or you're in trouble, or a family member's in trouble. trouble. And then all of a sudden, all of that other bullshit just slides to the side. You're like, oh, wait, no, we're we're, we're family. Like, this is the thing that we have to right. do. And right. I, I've been lucky enough that, like, my family is not completely toxic. Like, I know a lot of people have to- really, really toxic families and do need to sever those lines. Sam and Dean are probably one of them. <laughs> like, they probably should have severed those connections a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, they've tried. <laughs> Thankfully for us, they just keep coming, getting pushed back together. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is this is that. Like it felt like a whole season. We we are on record as feeling like our ideal brother drama is when they are working on an external threat together, or when it's some kind of a almost like a moral choice. Like you know when they when they're acting responsibly and consistently within their own moral code, but their moral code is slightly different from one another. And right, right. this feels like something that they worked on together. Dean was reticent at first, then he then he was supportive, if he if not a little trepidatious. And then he saw what was happening to Sam, but he realized he was like, Oh well, I can't, you know, this is Sam wants to do this, and this seems to be the thing. Everyone's telling us that this is what we should do. And then realizing at the last minute that it would kill him, coming back in to save him, 
is especially after everything with Benny and after everything with Castiel, mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. after all of the kind of mistrust between them, I, th- I think this is this is a bonding moment for them. Absolutely. And, uh, um, I'm I'm really and, interested how they're going to take this forward. Yeah, I. I'm not as strong in my memory of season nine. And by that, I mean, I don't remember liking it. Um, but, but right here, this was like, this, this feels like peak supernatural. This feels like, uh, almost as good as, as season five finale stuff. This really worked for me and it made me really excited to see what was going to happen next. And that's exactly what you want from a season finale. Yeah. And I'm, um, it's, it's weird because, and again, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, we're, we're going to need to go into some full feelings on season eight in our feedback episode. Uh, but just, just looking back and thinking how we struggled through those first few episodes of season eight because of all of the flashback stuff, because of this kind of forced brother drama that we didn't like. And then as soon as they came together and started working on the trials or started working on, or Castiel came back or, or whatever it was, uh, when, they, when they started all working as a team again, I feel like this this hasn't really slowed down except for a couple of like kind of minor, you know, offshoot episodes, which I think we're always going to have given the nature of the of the way that this show is recorded yeah, and filmed right. and, and produced. So I, I feel like this was all good stuff, especially towards the end. I, I complained about the penultimate episode and I, I feel like if nobody in the history of mankind from this point forward will ever watch last week's episode and not watch this episode immediately afterwards. <laughs> but that's my complaint right. about it. Like that was right. like having to wait was my complaint. This all like beautifully handles everything that we were dealing with there. And then opens us up to so much more with the angels falling with Jody, maybe dead. I don't know. We don't, we don't know. She's not dead. Everybody don't <laughs> we worry don't about know. it. We don't know. I'm the new Bobby. The new <laughs> Crowley situation as, as the new Hannah, which is going to be a real interesting <laughs> turn for HBO. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of this stuff that's there, Abaddon's still around. Like there's still a bunch of stuff that can happen. So I'm, you know it, it does make you very excited to watch supernatural how tempted were you i think you watched this last night uh how tempted were you just to watch the next episode i i, I was honestly tempted to re-watch season eight just because or not season eight this 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 episode and not go on to the next one just because it was so good nice i was i was very tempted to just go straight into season nine <laughs> yeah yeah um, and that's like, I don't, I don't want to like cast a shadow on season nine, but I just like, don't remember enjoying it. And and I know what I don't like about it, but I won't say it cause I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some stuff that happens in season nine that, uh, I'm not going to say that I'm not excited about, but I'm going to be interested to revisit in the context of this podcast. Exactly. And, exactly. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because looking at those episodes under a microscope, like maybe we'll get a lot more value out of them or maybe something will come mm-hmm. clear to us. But, uh, and also like it gets us closer to the situation where, you know, ever since the end of season five, we've gotten farther and farther away from our memories about this stuff. So like getting into season 10 right. and 11, where there's the, sh- there's the episodes that I watched the most recently, like, but I don't really remember anything besides big notes. And then of course there's 12, 13 and 14, which I've never, I've only, I've only heard of in the annals of Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you have any wrap up thoughts on this episode? Do you want to, you want to get out before we do some admin? Yeah, this was a, uh, this was a, a good ass finale. I agree. Yeah. I um I man I I just I, everybody I don't know if we talked about enough about how Jared Padalecki's acting on this I don't know if we talked about enough about Jensen's acting in this I I know we hit Mark Shepard I know we hit Amanda Tapping uh but man Jensen and Jared turn in a fucking performance in this Chris like it's mm-hmm. just it's just amazing Jared especially over the last six or seven episodes maybe even like dozen episodes that we've watched has turned in an acting clinic like I have not. Like I did not think that the boy could do, and no shame on on Jerry. Like he's a, he's a good he's a good actor. Don't get me wrong, but like 
he's continually outclassed by Jensen in a lot of ways. And I, yeah. think, I think he may have taken it in season eight, Chris. I think he may get it. He really, he really delivers it. So I'm going to quote two things from our, from our discord. And I, I'm sorry, I don't remember who said either of them. One person said that he, Jared does really, really well with the dark stuff. Um, yep. And I always thought that he was really great in season four and season five when he's struggling with the demon blood. Um, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. And as Sam is kind of suffering going through all this, and that self-reflection and the self-loathing, knowing he's not clean, all this crap. Uh, I think he pulls it off so, so well. He dives into that place so, so well. Uh, and somebody else made mention of watching uh, another show. Um, again, sorry that I can't remember who said this. Maybe we're talking about watching Smallville and how everything seemed so hammy. And I think that we take for granted that this kind of genre TV doesn't ever have any kind of caliber of acting. Uh, and, and maybe we're, we're a little bit spoiled and we've gotten a little bit too used to Supernatural. So we're able to pick up the flaws. But when you look at other, you know, sci-fi, horror, fantasy shows like this, it's not always quite even at this level. So it... The fact that they're turning out performances like this in this episode specifically, it's just it's incredible. I don't um I don't remember who mentioned the dark stuff specifically, but toasted uh toasted toe toasted hunk. I forget what her uh actual Discord name is. Because everybody keeps changing their profile icons and their Twitter <laughs> name and their names, and now I have no idea yeah. who anybody is. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, but I think that was toasted that mentioned the the Smallville thing because I got in on that as well. Cause I Yeah, it was a good point. Yeah. I um uh, I do not like that show, even though I watched quite a bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people complain about uh, Supernatural kind of having um, like generic plot lines, but literally everything that happens in that show can be attributed to a different color of kryptonite. Like, oh, Superman's real horny in this episode. He must have the purple velvet hit kryptonite. Oh, now he's got the runs. He must have the brown kryptonite somewhere. Like that's every single. Oh, man. I mean, that's almost kind of like every episode of this podcast, so. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's very, it's very similar, yes. Um, well, Chris, uh, I think we're done, unless you have more thoughts. Yeah, I think, I think we did it, my man. Um, reminder that you can send in feedback. If you're listening to this, uh, we're going to be recording that feedback episode on January 7th. So you have until uh, Monday afternoon, Central Standard Time, to get some feedback in. We have a variety of, of places you can do that. Um, you can go to uh, monsterweek.cool slash contact to get check that out. Just send it in there. You can send it to monsteroftheweekpodcast at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter. If you want to uh, DM me, if you're a Patreon member, if you want to send me a, like a thing on page, on the Discord, feel free to do that. Um, I set up a phone number today to do some voicemails because why not? Uh, and if you want to call in, that is 316-530-7498. Again, that is 316-530-7498. 316, by the way, area code of Kansas, Chris. That's why I would, that's how I did that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't know. figure out how to like make a funny word. <laughs> like I wanted to make like <laughs> nut blood or something, but I, yeah, but I just yeah, stuck yeah. with the area code. Uh, so any of those, send that in. We're going to record those. We're going to read those out loud on the podcast or most of them. Uh, we're going to, we're going to do all of that stuff. We have a special guest from our community that I'm pretty excited to bring on. Uh, and yeah, yes. make sure you get all that stuff in. Thank you to all the patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week. I'm on Twitter at yes. JG Greer. I am at local bones podcast is at M O T W cast. You can find all of our other relevant links at monster of the Cool. We will be back next week. Uh, I don't have a preview because it'll be back with our feedback episode, but uh, we'll be back next week with, 
some questions and some thoughts with some stuff with some stuff with some podcast stuff everybody podcast for your ears that's what's gonna happen should i tease because i'll do that next episode i'll tease season nine next episode good night everybody we're out bye bye good night It's been quite a minute. That Kingdom Hearts routine really took a lot of our. It was a good 30 minutes. It's a season finale. Say again? It was a season finale. We had to give it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had to. Yeah. Boy, my internet has been fucking terrible. I wish you could hear yourself. You're, I mean, you're just a full robot for me. Like, my teeth painted it up? Oh, man. Like, I could make a whole song if I really wanted to, like, just with the stuff that you were saying. It's really cool. Is this, is this episode 105? It is. Yes. I recently just cleared out all my um, old files, so I don't have... Oh, no, 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 no. This is episode 106. Well, howdy. Oh, shit. Chris, how's your butt? Hello? Oh, hello. This is Local Bones speaking. Uh, Is anybody there? Chris, can you hear me? Jeremy. Please answer. This is your friend, Local Bones. Chris, can, online. Chris, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Hey, Chris. Hey, it's your friend, Local Bones, from online. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh. Chris, I'm back. can you hear me? I can for sure hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. I can also hear you. All right. I think we've, we've accomplished it. <laughs> we did it, everybody. Damn, gamer. Merry Christmas, gamer. Merry Christmas. It's passed. Gamer. By the time this releases, we're in 2019. Yeah. Happy New Year, gamer. Happy New Year, I guess. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your gamer resolutions for 2019, Chris? My gamer resolutions... Okay, I was actually telling you about this. I have so many games that I bought for PS4. Because you know, you know your boy likes to collect a little bit of junk. I buy a lot of shit. I bought a lot of junk. And I just let it sit around. I buy games I don't have time to play. So in 2019, my goal is to uh, do, do a little backlog challenge. Look at all the games that I have I've bought over the years on PlayStation 4. Keep it strictly to PS4 so that I don't drown in like you know PS2 games. Um, and just, just try to, to beat as as many as I can. I was thinking of going in alphabetical order just Mm -hmm. as a way to do it, you know, and then I'll, you know, the first game in, in my alphabet is some, some indie game. It starts with an A. I literally don't even know what it's called, but I figured, okay, I beat that. And then I, I can skip half of the things that are on that shelf because it's all like Dark Souls and stuff. And then I, and then I hop onto whatever the next thing is. Um, and if I can beat one game out of my backlog for every new game that i buy then i'll i'll feel better about myself how um <coughs> whoa oh. how I important is it for you to beat a game i think i think it depends if it's like i don't know certain t- kind of games is like the whole point is like yeah i'm playing this through to the end but certain games if it's like you play for 10 hours like yeah i've, I've had my, I got my money's worth. I had a taste of this, and I'm I'm good. 
I think I'm going to leave that up to myself to decide, but I want to at least give every game in my collection a fair shake and, um, and not just have it sit there collecting dust. <clears throat> I think uh, my gamer resolution is that I'm going to get a platinum on every PS4 game that I play. That's oh, that's a meaty resolution, gamer. I've uh, I have four games pre-ordered on PS4, and that'll be all that I play. Uh-huh. <laughs> that'll be it. I'll be my that'll be my gaming experience in 2019. What what games are you looking forward to? Um, I I don't actually have anything pre-ordered. I don't I don't really do oh, a pre-order thing unless I um. That's a joke. It's it's a couple of days beforehand, so I can just download it early. Uh, Sekiro, right, 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 obviously. Right, right. Um, yep. kind of looking forward to that. Um, other than that, there there's not. Like I'm not too hype about anything that's coming up this year. Like that Ghost but, uh, of Tsushima game. Tsushima, yeah. What about Resident Evil Two? You a fan of the Resident Evil series? Well, I I I I only played Resident Evil starting with four. Uh, so uh-huh. I've, I've played four I mean, and same. five, and then um I went back and started the remake, and because I, I was texting you a lot about it because I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Um, that's yeah. that, that's a game that I definitely want to get back to. Like I want to go back to it, but. <clears throat> I got I got squished into a Jill sandwich and then <laughs> I didn't want to go uh-huh. back to it after that. Like the uh-huh. save was weird or something and I was like, fuck this, I'm done. Yep. That uh, That's so, not me with Resident Evil Zero, so I kind of just quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> I want to check out this Yakuza business that people keep talking about. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I've got uh, Kiwami now and I bought yeah. Zero. I don't know which one to start mm-hmm. with. I think you told me to start with Zero. Uh, I think that that's what everybody says. I started with Kiwami because I had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, start <laughs> with was, what you got. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I got I bought Zero, but didn't play it uh, because two then came out. Like Kiwami two came out, and I wanted to play that, so I, I started that, and then something else came out, and here I am. But uh, I will eventually play them all. So I tell myself, yeah, sure, just keep going with that. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get any cool gamer loot for Christmas? I didn't get any gamer loot for Christmas, but I did buy a Switch. I don't know if I did if I bought that before the last time we recorded. Yeah, we we talked about it last time because I was asking you about the um, color of controller you got. Oh yeah. So uh I didn't get any gamer loot for Christmas. You but didn't I'm, get you I, didn't get any kind of gamer fashion or any kind of gamer weapons nothing. that you that you want to mention? <laughs> oh god. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, Jess bought me the <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on blast for this one. I love well, this. No, yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't thinking about that. Just bought me the jacket from Red Dead Redemption Two, which is like the most expensive thing I own now. Um, <laughs> I like I something that I guess people might not know about me weirdly is that I like kind of collect jackets. Saying that I collect them is like a, is a weird thing to say because I wear them, but I buy a lot of jackets. That's mm-hmm. like the one clothing item that I've always been kind of into. I mean, the weather sucks here all the time, so you need jackets. Um. I'm just I'm trying to channel my inner Winchester and just be always be wearing a lot of layers. Uh, you got to keep up those but, Sam appearances. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I, I mean, I like the jacket from from Red Dead, and and also to Jess, she decided to to buy that for me for Christmas. Uh, and then yeah, me and my boy Steve, my go, my girlfriend Steve, we decided you know we used to always exchange gifts when we were younger because you know we're we're, we're buds. Uh, and this year we just decided to randomly do it again. Cool. So he it was he he gave me a mug and. Like I picked him up in the morning to go to work and he gave me a mug and he was like, yeah, I decided to get this for you because when I saw it, it made me nauseous because I hated it so much. And I was like, oh, perfect. Great. This is this is good. So it's, it's a it's a mug that says I write 
what's your superpower? And even just saying that out loud, I got kind of like douche chills a little yep, bit. But, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, he said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen. So that's why he bought it for me. And I, I thank you. I appreciate it. And he was like, no, but I got you a real gift. But I can't, I mean, I can't give it to you now. I'll give it to you like when, when we come back, when you drop me off after work. So I was like, all right, sure. <laughs> so I pulled up in front of his house. And he just comes back out with a giant box. I was like, I, what is going on here? And yeah, he bought me one of the swords from The Witcher. Fucking, so, <laughs> this fucking A, dude. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I saw the pictures yeah, of this I, on Twitter. It looked great. You were wearing it like it came with I the sheath. I was wearing it, which first of all, Geralt wears his swords on his back. There's, I don't know how the frick anybody would draw a sword off their back, a sword that big off of their back. Because I was like, you got to have the wingspan of Sam Winchester to get that sucker yeah, out. Yeah, you just have to have. <laughs> well, Sam uses I'm his sure kicks. Th- Sam uses sure his legs. There's a, exactly, I'm, exactly. I'm sure there's a trick to it that I just don't understand. But, um. I haven't figured it out yet. So, uh, yeah, so those, that was my gamer merch was my, was my jacket and my sword, but I didn't get any actual like games, but I got some gift cards. So I was able to buy some switch games. Also totally, I keep forgetting that this happened. I, uh, my parents gave me a scratch ticket in for, for Christmas. They gave one to my sisters too. And I've never won anything on a scratch ticket, but I won a hundred bucks last night. So that was cool. Dope. Now you can um, afford uh one switch game. <laughs> now I can afford games. <laughs> Because GameStop is having a sale, like buy two, get one free on used games. And such, since Switch games are always like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, no matter what. I was like, well, yeah, might as well get a free one at that price because I'm never, whatever, be able to get a discount on any of them. So I'll do that. And then uh, I'll be, you know, sw- swimming, swimming in gamer loot at that point, to be honest with you. I'll be swimming in gamer loot. Um, so did, uh, did you get any gamer loot for Christmas? Uh, I was uh, extremely surprised by my father-in-law buying me a Switch. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that's where you got it from. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he Shout out. Th- no idea that that was coming, and it was super nice. Um, so, yeah, he got me a Switch. Um, it wasn't a bundle or anything, so I just immediately went to the store and bought um, West of Loathing and Into the Breach and then Katamari. And... Uh, I was going to pick up Isaac, but Isaac was like 40 bucks with the DLC, so I'm probably going to wait on that for a little while, uh, which was yeah. good because uh, I've played West of Loathing on there for maybe like an hour or two. Um, I played just a little bit of Into the Breach to realize like I'm going to have to sit down and like play that game to, to figure out what's going on in it. And then uh, uh-huh. I played the first level of Katamori, and then the Switch became Autumn's. <laughs> she has not yeah. let go of the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really funny. We were uh, We're both on vacation right now. And uh, we were supposed to be, we had scheduled ourselves to be here because we were supposed to have a contractor here, but uh, this weird ass storm came through. So like it just blew all of our plans out of the water. So um, I've been gaming on the Xbox all day and she's just been on the couch with the Switch, just just getting mad about video games, Chris. <laughs> it's really funny. I don't, she never That's really gets this angry about video games. It's really funny. It's the mark of a true, true gamer is anger. <laughs> absolutely she's making those gamer faces like you used to make as a kid like uh you yep. know and yep. trying to i've seen her move her hands around like tilting the tilting the switch a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> to see if she mm-hmm. can like move with the thing mm-hmm. uh that's, that game that's is that move. game is really good it's a little clunky nowadays like going back to it and i it, you know i'm glad that they left it pretty much as is like they didn't really change anything as far as i can tell but uh yeah. it is it is yeah. kind of clunky being a ps2 game and all and also it doesn't help i think that the the analog sticks are in different positions on the switch so you know how you would like uh go back and forward on them really fast and it would like launch the katamari forward i was not able to do that a single time on the switch version not that i'd use that technique that much anyway because i'm basically uh a pro 
Katamari gamer at this point, and I can, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. But, <laughs> you, don't, uh, you don't need stupid, you don't need silly gimmicks. I don't need gimmicks. <laughs> I don't need to go fast because I already am fast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do, but man, I was I never do. able to do it on the Switch because I just like the way that the joysticks are because they're, they're like offset from each other. I was not able to get the motion down correctly. It's a, uh, that's probably the weird adjustment for me getting to the Switch is just that the buttons are labeled the same as the Xbox controller, but they're in a different place. So I'm a little weirded by that. And then those, those uneven uh, sticks. And also just the thing is so thin and so light that it's, it's just a planted handheld mode. is weird almost. Um, it's not bad. It's just weird. But I think I'll be uh, like, I, I, I plug the dock in just so I can have a place to charge it and thinking that like, I'm going to put this here and I'm going to play it on my TV. But I think a lot of those games that I'm going to be playing there are just going to be like, good on the console like i'm not going to need a dock for it so. yeah yeah um chris we've been talking for a little while now but uh, i have a segment i want to do on the podcast today okay are you it's a return are you ready i'm ready gonna do a ship quiz oh wow okay <laughs> we're go- we're coming back uh loyal <laughs> listeners right. may may remember the time that i quizzed uh chris on i think it started with supernatural ship names and then we did harry yeah. potter ship names then we did is harry that the- potter, yeah. i should be quizzing you but no 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 i think this is much better because you have a much better uh, memory for names than i do like you would tell me like hermione i'd be like who the fuck is hermione i don't know who that is brightest witch of a rage yeah okay um Chris, we're gonna do we're gonna do Kingdom Hearts ship names. Oh goodness! Okay, <laughs> this is gonna be tough because I don't I don't know that many of the characters. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna try to like I know I know the major characters, and I'm gonna try to uh-huh. keep it stuck with that. But like, there's some stuff that okay. I've, I'm looking in here. There's and I like have... 13 games, and I've played two of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I know you're not an expert, so I'm not gonna. Okay, but I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna try to make these a little bit a little bit easy for you. <laughs> okay. <All> um. Right. <clears throat> So uh, let, let's start off with a softball. Let's go okay. uh, Sokai. Well, that's going to be Sora and Kyrie, right? You nailed it. Okay. One for okay. one. You're one for one. Um, da, 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 da. What about Torella? Torella? <laughs> um, I see I'm already... I'm, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Torella. Is it... Oh, so te, it's Terra? Is that a character? Is that part yep, of it? Yep, yep. Torella. How is it spelled? <laughs> It's T E. You'll be using a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> this Torella fanfic's got me hot. Damn. T E R R E L L A. Fuck. I, so Terra is the one character. Who's the other one? I don't know any of those. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get this one. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's a Disney character. It's not cr- Cruella, right? Like. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh is Cruella Deville in this game. It's, it's Tara it's, it's, and Cinderella. <clears throat> oh, okay, okay. All right, I gotta keep I gotta keep the Disney characters in mind here. All right, um, I'm gonna go with uh, Roku Kai next. Roku Kai. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is already way too hard. Roku Kai. Is it? Uh, oh fuck! I was gonna say is it Roxas and Kyrie, but Roku. What is that? I don't know, but you got it right. It's Roxas and Kyrie, so you nailed it. Okay, all right. Um, Two for three. You're two two for three. Uh, 
<laughs> this one's just weird. Anti Sokai? Okay. So it's got to be Anti Sokai. So Anti Sokai. Is it. Is it. It's A N T I dash S O K A I. It's not like. Roxas and, and like Namine or whatever that girl's name is, is it? That is incorrect. It is anti Sora and Kyrie. <laughs> How can you be a ship be anti that? But that's just like that's then you're not that's not a ship. I don't, See the do, reason I, I said know. what I said is that <laughs> the characters have have versions of themselves called nobodies. That is like uh-huh. when Oh god, here we go. They they when they lose their heart, they become a heartless, but also it norted, creates a second what, what happens, when they get right? norted and it creates a second yeah. version of themselves called a nobody, and mm-hmm. the nobody version of Sora is called Roxas, and the nobody version of Kyrie is called Namine or something like that. I'm not actually sure. Oh okay. Also that might not even be correct, but that's that's me explaining why I said what I said. Uh so this one I don't think that you'll ever be able to get. <laughs> So uh, okay. I'm gonna go with, uh, and I'm, I'm not. I may not be pronouncing this correctly. I'm gonna go with uh, Meru Mine, M A R U M I N E. I guess that could also be Meru Mine. I don't. I do not know. Yeah, is, is it Mickey Mouse and somebody? Nope. It is Marlexia and Namine. Nope. <laughs> yep, have to, that was no idea Mar-Lexia. who those people are. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> um, I don't remember that from the theme song. <laughs> here's one that's just called Sora. S O R A H S O R A H So it's Sora and somebody but that's confusing. The problem with this is I don't know which one of these are easy cuz I don't know which one of these are like the big characters. Like I, I, yeah, I you know I know Sora and I kind of knew Terra. Yeah, I, I, I guess don't know. I don't know what this is. Uh, that is uh, Sora and Sarah Serenity. <laughs> who the who fuck that is. is that? <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, these are all headships, by the way. I didn't specify, but these are all headships. Oh. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that helps you at all. Does, I mean, it does help a little bit. Um, let's go with uh, Zaqua. Okay, that's Aqua mm-hmm. and Zaqua with a Z. Yep, it's Z-A-Q-U-A. Is... is Zen Zenmus is that a character? <laughs> I don't know, but that is not the right answer. The right answer is Zach Fair. Zach Fa- from Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven. I didn't know that was going to be part of this. <laughs> Look, this is this is oh, this is all Kingdom Hearts. He's dead. He's been dead for years. <laughs> people still ship dead people, man. Uh. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, what would be another good one? What about Roxette? Okay, that's Roxas. Oh, Christ. Ant, that could be anybody. <laughs> Ant, it's the end of any name. Marie Antoinette. Roxas and Marie Antoinette. <laughs> that is incorrect. It is a character called Olet. <laughs> well, I don't even... Oh, actually, okay, wait, I do know who that is. All right, all right. Are you ready for some? Uh, are you ready for some slash? Ships? I feel like I'm gonna get these right. You think I you hope get this, I will. these are gonna be easier. Okay. I feel like I'm more familiar with these. Uh, I'll, let's let's go rapid fire on this. I'm gonna give you like a bunch oh. of these. Uh, okay. Akudimi. Oh, you have to spell it. I already. I'm already confused. A k u d e m y. A k u. Yep. D what? D-E-M-Y. D E M Y. Oh my god. Um 
Is Axel a part of that? Say again. Axel? Yep. That's is that correct. a character? Mm-hmm. Axel and somebody else. <laughs> yes, correct. Dimmy. Yes. And who? who? I don't fucking know. Who, uh, who is it? Dimix? D-E-M-Y-X? Dimix, who's that? Okay, wait. Wait, I might know who that is. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. I feel like I'm, I'm warming uh, up. I'm going to get it soon. Akuraku? Akuraku, of course. Akuraku is... Who what the fuck is Aku? Okay. Um. <laughs> you have all the clues on this one. I'm not giving you any, any help on this one. Axel and Raku? Who's Ra- Riku? Is it Riku and Axel? It's, it is not. It is Axel Who and Roxas. Who the Rox- fuck is it? <clears throat> Axel and okay. Roxas. Aku, uh, Raku? That one, they're too, getting too funny with it. All right. There's a bunch of these Aku versions that I'm going to skip past. Like, Aku Sora seems a little easy. Uh, but yeah. let's let's zip yeah. right down to one of my favorite one, which is Lex Zex. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, of course. Whoa! <laughs> Lex, Luther, and Zoro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's correct. You nailed it. That's okay. uh, Lexius and Zexion. Oh my god, they all have um, the X's in their names. That's the problem. Uh, Turvin, T E R V E N, Turvin, Terra, and that's Ventus. Correct. That is correct. Nailed it. Fuck you! Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, right on the mic. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do Viku Ziku. Viku. Ziku, <laughs> how many guys are involved in this? <laughs> Just two. Just two. What? Viku Ziku. V e k u z e k u. Viku Ziku. Ventus and and Cinderella. Who's Zen Zenmas or whatever? I already said that one. It is Vexen and Zexion. Vexen. (laughs) Uh, fine. Well, let's do. We'll do two more. Are you sure that I assure you that the the, the names that you're telling me aren't just (laughs) sub ship names? Dude, I no. I mean, like this is a page. Two two names combined individually, and then those two names are combined to make other. Okay, let's keep going. Where's Sora and Riku? Uh, Sora and Riku was pretty obvious. Uh, Sora and Riku was just uh, Soriku. <laughs> I feel like I feel uh, like you would get that. Uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zimzig, X E M. Okay. X I G. X E M. X I G. Oh my God! Is that what? Oh, I don't even know. Uh, I keep saying Zenmos. I don't even know if that's a character. That is I that is a character, and, and and you've got it. That's that's one of the two. Zenmas and and like Ziggurat. He's one. You already said his name earlier. He's one of the organization thirteen guys. Zig Zigmeyer. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's close. It's close. You veered into so- Soul Calibur, which I'm going to actually yep. go ahead and bookmark the Soul Calibur fan fiction <laughs> website for the next episode. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and look that up right now. But uh, it's actually Zenmas and Zigbar. Oh, of course, of course. Of course, of course. Uh, and let's do a one fem slash. Um, uh, I'm going to give you a hard one, Chris. I'm sorry. Okay. Larxion. <laughs> L-A-R-X-I-O-N. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Larxion? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Spell it again. Uh, L A R X I O N. 
Sorry, I had to come back to that tab because I was deep into have, some into some Lord, Soul Calibur like, shit. I thought I thought it was going to be like Sora and Donald Duck. I thought that's what I was getting myself into. Larxion? That could be just a Kingdom Hearts character and you'd be fucking with me. These could all just be characters that you're pretending are ship names. Again, if it I helps, Chris, this is this is Fem Slash. Just if that helps at all, if that's a clue. Okay, there's like four girls. Wait, it could be Final Fantasy girls, though. I forgot. Or Disney girls. It could be fucking Zack Fair again. Uh, oh, this is going Lark-Sion. exactly as I hoped. Larxion. Larxion. Mm-hmm. I'm getting. Uh, I don't know any girl. Okay, there's Aqua. That's a girl. Kyrie. Namine. Nope. That's a, those are all girls. Those are Cinderella. Not, nope. <laughs> that, Mulan. It, it is the ship between Larxine and Zeon. <laughs> those aren't real. Can I send you? I don't can, like being tricked. Can I send you this link so that you can? Yeah. I'm gonna put it in the in the notes channel just so that you can look through this and and just kind of get an idea. Like I'm curious if you if you have anything on this. Okay. I just want you to look through the ones that I didn't read because I think it's actually pretty funny. And everybody out there, if you for some reason want to read through this list yourself, go check the show notes. I'll uh, I'll make make sure this link is first in the list. <laughs> Where did you send it to me? In the MOTW notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What, so what am I looking here? Oh, no. Oh, no. What, oh, oh, no. These... I'm not sure that any of these are just not regular... Riku Roku! I Some just, of them like, seemed pretty obvious, but I didn't know any of the characters, like, so I didn't know which. I didn't know like, what I Why is do. it Roku? Like that. Cha- I don't know. The name is Roxas, and it becomes Roku in the shipment. Like the extra oohs are just confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing. I didn't know why is Roku associated with what's his name, Roxas, and not just like automated vacuums or whatever they are. Uh, those are Roombas. So Roku's are media streamers, Chris. Whatever. <laughs> I just want you to know that there was one comment left on this page in April of 2015 by Hanabi-chan. Hanabi-chan is using a picture of Glenn from The Walking Dead as their photo. And they just offered up, I couldn't find all of the pairing names, so please feel free to add to this list. Jeremy, I feel as though we need to add to this list. Do we need to add some to the list? (laughs) And it's all, it's going to be Sora Donald. So, uh, Sora Donald. So, wait, so Uh, let's, let's, let's... Let's make a list. Uh, I want you to give me two characters from uh, Kingdom Hearts, and I will I will make a ship name out of them. Okay, let's start easy. Sora, Donald, Donald. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Sword Duck. Okay, Sword Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what about Donald Duck and Goofy? Uh, I'm definitely gonna go uh, Gucky for that one. Gucky, gross, <laughs> perfect. Um, all right. How about how about uh, Riku and Mickey Mouse? Uh, that's gotta be Roku Miku. Easy, <laughs> I nailed that one. Come on. <laughs> no sweat. No sweat. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Roxas and Hercules. Oh man. Um... I'm trying to figure out the way to combine these two. 
I'm going to say Roxicles. How about that? Roxicles. I like it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I'm writing all these down in the, in our notes so that you can just see them all. Oh, I, I'm see. also writing these down. So let's, let's get, we can do one. Let's do one more. I don't want to spend a whole lot okay, of time on this. Let's but. do, let's do Sora and Zach Fair. <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go, hmm. Why does he have a last name? Like, I know he's from Final Fantasy and he has a last name. But it's just like, when you look at these, none of these characters have a fucking last name. And then you just have Zach Fair. I think I'm just going to do the, the the obvious thing here and just do Sora Zach. <laughs> Sora Zach? Okay, Sora Zach, I'm, yeah. Yeah, one word. All right. Okay, wow, wow. Wow. And those are all, those all are just my, like, those are Kingdom Hearts 3 characters. Sorda, Gucky, Riku Miku, Roxulis, <laughs> yeah, yeah. excuse me, and Sorazak. <laughs> You'd be These like, are yeah, all characters whatever, that you will so... see in the hit video game, Kingdom Hearts 3. Hearts, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I think that was are you ready to talk about everybody. My, <laughs> I self-included. You ready to talk yeah, about a really I'm emotional ready. episode of Supernatural? <laughs> I'm a little hoarse from all that shouting about Zach Fair. <laughs> Do you know who Zach Fair is? No clue. He's who Cloud thinks he is in Final Fantasy VII. <clears throat> Cloud was just a little grunt soldier, a little shithead. Yeah. And uh, it's God, it's complicated. But Zach was like his like friend. And he was the one with the spiky hair and the big sword. Then he died. And I guess Cloud just thinks he is him now. He's got some, there's some souls mix up. I guess I didn't do a very good job explaining that because I don't actually know. As soon as I opened my mouth, I realized, nope, nope, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, the Soul Calibur community doesn't seem to have decided on any ship names. They're just character yeah, names. Yeah, because they, they, they don't together. want fucking, they just want fighting. Um... Astaroth and Yoon Sang for fan art reasons. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Lloyd and Ivy, they cute. <laughs> okay. Sure. All right, let's close that tab and, and do some serious business now. <clears throat> you ready to go? I am ready to go. <laughs> Yikes. <clears throat> All right. <laughs>